how do we decide when to stop the roast? Last episode was about using smell and also surface structure. This time it's about using the color of the beans. On beforehand I was skeptical. How can human eyes determine such small changes in the color as the beans are getting roasted? But it's really difficult to train the eyes to see... Uh... Very difficult. You're listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstad. This is a podcast about all the differences in coffee roasting. When I hear pig out how to decide when to stop the roast, it's not to say that's the only important thing for the taste of the coffee. And the roasters I interview don't think that either. I have just picked out that aspect of roasting because I'm curious of how the different approaches work. This podcast is not arguing one right way, but it's about looking into the different ways of doing it. This time I'm at a roasting course, where we stop the roast at a certain bean color. It ends with an exam where you shall demonstrate that you can roast to a certain color. When I first heard of this, I was very skeptical. Human eyes are not that accurate, so I was curious to learn how it works. It's a SCAE certification course that teaches Morten Münchow, and it's not because he thinks that color is the only important thing for the taste. Yeah. And that's also why, you know, I wouldn't say that I roast by color, but I just don't want to see any variation in color, because if you have variation in color, then the differences could stem from the difference in color and not the timing. Mm -hmm. So I think the most interesting aspect of the, uh, uh, you know, a roasting process is in the timing, given that the color doesn't change. But you still would like to take, to take it out at the same color? It's Sorry. I would, you know, the color is the most important technical definition of any product because it explains 80% of how the coffee tastes. Once you've you know, you have that, then you can start to experiment with the last uh, 20%. The color is checked with an instrument. When the roast is finished, the beans are grinded, placed in a holder, and the surface made even. The instrument here gives values on the Actron color scale. The roast we worked with here had values around 70 to 80 Actron. The higher number, the lighter color. So a roast at 70 is darker than one at 80. And very dark espresso roast would be 30 to 40 on the Actron scale. Have you investigated uh, how big a color changed in, if, if the profile is totally the same? How big a color difference can you taste? I mean, here it was clear when we had a 10, 10 difference in action, then we could see it clearly that it was different. Yeah. Whereas when it was five, it was difficult to see. Yeah. And maybe it's the same with the taste, or have you any we, uh, we experience with that? It could be interesting to do a sensory, you know, a discriminative okay, analysis right. of yeah, where this is. Uh, for different, you know, skills as uh, tasters, I don't have that personally. I think you know, plus minus five on the action scale is something you can just taste. 
on the know? limit. So it's the... basically 10 degrees uh, or 10 steps in the action is, is, is something uh, coffee people can pick up easily. Um, so, but it's, it's, it would be nice to have some more solid data on that. For the exam of this course, you have to roast within plus minus three. So if your reference roast is 78, you have to hit between 75 and 81. Every time we finish the roast, Morden measured the actron value. As you can hear, one measurement is not enough. You have to measure at least three samples and then take an average. I'm standing next to Morten, who is measuring our roast. And he just distributed a grinded sample. And what does it say? It says 83, but it's way different from the first one I got. So I'll just make another distribution. Ah, it was sure. 79. So one of them is odd. Yeah. So we need to just make a few to get the uh, a more reliable average. And in the sample you can see small, very light spots from the chaff or from... What is the, the string in the middle of the bean? What's that called? The string or...? I, I don't know what the, the string is called actually. <laughs> uh, we call it the string. Yeah. So this is more reliable. 81.4. So at least that one is in the middle. Or so it seems like it's around 80. Well, that makes me and proud. Yeah, because it's 79, right? That's the goal. Still, it is difficult to assess by eyesight when the color is right. But it's a matter of praxis. And there are some tricks to it. Looking at the variation of color between the beans and... But I'm pretty happy about your learning curve that in the beginning you thought, oh, are these small differences giving such a huge, you know, uh, uh, range of difference on the actron? And then when you started to work with the profile, so you could also use the bean temperature uh, as a support tendency on when to take out the beans, you, it, you started to, uh, to get much closer. So looking at the bean temperature is also a help. At the course, we also practiced how to control the heat of the roaster. So we can make different profiles with time and temperature, to see what difference it makes for the taste of the coffee. The scope was to make three different types of roast profiles. One with a very quick rise in temperature after first crack. One where the temperature didn't rise after first crack. That's called baked. That is a roasting flaw. Baked relate to the taste of bread in the coffee. And the third one is in the middle, with a slow rise in temperature. It's called reference, and that's the desired profile. All roasted to the same color. Here we are tasting them. Actually, I would like you to, um, to, uh, to taste for uh, acidity, a uh, level of acidity, because that, that should be declining from the fast to the reference and to the, uh, to the baked. So acidity for sure, and also bitterness. Bitterness should go up for longer development time. So that's, uh, and fruitiness goes up for shorter development time. And then yeah. sweetness as well, I'd like you to notice. 
that this one is sweeter. And then the baked, the baked taste uh, of the baked ones. Which one do you think is most baked? Where do you get the most bread-like taste and flattest coffee? Here's the most baked-like, and here's the least aroma, the last time I tasted them. This was the first time I really got hold of this baked flavor. I had heard of it before, but never found a bread flavor in coffee. Not that I noticed, anyway. At this cupping, I got it clearly for the first time. It's not a pleasant bread flavor, I think. It's more like old, stale bread. Like but the baked that? one here is really flat, isn't it? Yeah. The baked ones are so dry to me. Yeah. yeah. It might be because it's uh, there's just less acidity in this one. That the baked uh, fla uh, flavor comes easily yeah. aboard. This has yeah. more acidity. Yeah, yeah. it does. It, kind of, it takes the focus away from the baked flavor. Yeah, and it also adds some complexity where this is just flattering. Yeah. But I think the acidity in this one came when it cooled down. Yeah. Afterwards, I interviewed Morten. First, I asked him to introduce himself. Well, I started uh, roasting in 2005 here at Contra uh, as the first roastmaster when the company was established. And uh, yeah, with a background in bi biology and philosophy, it was, uh, you know, I never roasted a bean before, but I learned uh, to roast uh, by, by Kurt. Uh, and then, you know, I've been teaching at London School of Coffee, coffee roasting since 2007. Uh, where I've done a lot of different stuff in consultancy and education, but also research at uh, food science, where I'm external lecturer in starting and conducting coffee uh, research. Because what I'm asking you about today is that you roast by color. Was it like that all the way from when you started in 2005? Yeah, but you know, roast by color. Well, I, I would say I roast uh, by a combination of, of time, temperature and color. Uh, but what I've found as, uh, you know, developing teaching material, you need to have a very specific reference point on, um, you know, everything you do, basically, because when you do an education, education system, you can't uh, test people on opinions. And in, uh, in the roasting world, there's a lot of opinions, which is fine. But I have to, had to kind of regress to what is uh, specific. So that's why uh, time, temperature, and color is something that you can measure, and Things you can solid. repeat. Yeah, and uh, also in studies we found that uh, where we modulated both color but also time in the work that is actually published now in in food chemistry, the the the, um, the roasting defect study, we did a combination of time and color, where we did you know uh, different roasts, one where we changed only color and others where we ch uh, changed time. And we could see that approximately 80% of the sensory uh, uh, data were modulated by color. And only approximately 20% was modulated by time. So I call the color the, the necessary but not sufficient quality control parameter. For it's the taste. For, for the, the taste, exactly. Mm. Because if you have variance on the color, you for sure have variance in the taste. But if you don't have variance on the color, 
You might still have variance due to timing, but at least you've ruled out 80% of the possible sources for variance. So color is very important because if you can show that a, a roastery or a coffee uh, roastmaster hasn't got control on color, for sure they, they have, don't have any control. If they have control on color, there are still, you know, it's 20% where you find, you know, really the sweet spot of, of, of the green. So it's not enough to roast by color. But you need to be skilled in color before you can prove that you are actually focusing on the last 20%, which is the timing. And have you tried this only for, because here we had development times around three minutes. That's kind of a medium roast. It's uh, somewhere between first and second crack. Yeah. Have you also tried it for the very light roast one minute or, and also for the very dark one past uh, second crack? Have you investigated uh, So well, the question is if I've investigated how the... How because, it works with judging from color. Um, well, uh, the thing is that, you know, the first study we did was the roasting defects. And then later uh, we've done studies with uh, Alexander Pfuhl, uh, uh, the German, uh, the German uh, roast champ from last year. And we did Rob Hoos's modulations. And here we all did it at the same color. And that was uh, Actron 90 we aimed at. Um, and then we had Rob Hoos over, and there we did it on Actron. Oh, actually, I don't remember, but I think it was closer to 80. So and then we did a another. A bit darker. A bit darker, and then we also, at the Nordic Roaster Forum, we did some roast at Actron 78, I think. So my point is, we've done experiments at different uh, color, but but in each experiment, what we played around with was the timing we couldn't change the the color so all this uh, the the roast were taken to exactly the same color in each experiment uh, so here we were uh, exploring the last 20 percent uh, because those are the most interesting um, and and we did that across different colors and found very similar results so it seems like the modulation of development time has similar effect on light and dark roasts. So whether it was at well, 90 or and 80 actron, that was the outer points, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. extremes. Uh, and that's still pretty light if you are, for example, in Asia and the US. Yeah, because um, this hadn't touched second crack yet. No, 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 not, not at all, uh, way before. Yeah, so so um, it's uh, our study is, or studies, because we did several, are uh, in the tradition of the Scandinavian light roast um, Uh, so but it's not extremely light. Not roast. extremely light. Yeah. 75 is considered dark by the specialty coffee oh. uh, business in, in, in you know, Scandinavia and, and yeah. UK, uh, Europe, uh, northern part of Europe at least, uh, but is considered light from a, you know, American uh, commodity and, and Asian uh, point of view. So it's, it's all about, you know, cultural preferences. Morten has written about color measurement and roast profiles on his website, coffeemind.com, with a hyphen between coffee and mind. That's it for now. You can subscribe to this podcast on your smartphone in your podcast app. Search for Coffee Roasting Navigated. Or you can find it on the website coffeenavigated.net slash podcast. My name is Therese Brunstad. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.